Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Ruth will be one of only two women that are named in the genealogy of Christ in Matthew's gospel. Ruth is going to give birth to a son that ends up bringing her name up in the genealogy, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And she was a Moabite which biblically was a cursed people, but God had grace and mercy and extended grace to her. She was brought in. Her life is going to matter. She's going to become a believer. God is going to do great things with her. God is going to provide her with an awesome husband. God is going to do some amazing things in Ruth's life. As Pastor Bill explores the book of Ruth today, he reminds us of the blessing that Ruth experiences as a result of her persistent love. After the tragic death of Ruth's husband, She decides to serve her mother-in-law, knowing full well that this will not be beneficial to her. Out of love, she stays with Naomi and gives up everything. But because of this decision, God brings immense blessing to Ruth by providing a husband for her. And through this marriage, she ends up in the genealogy of Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Ruth, chapter 1, for today's edition of A Transforming Word. Everybody back home that didn't leave doing all right. And I wonder what that was like. I wonder if she, you know, looked back and thought, man, we shouldn't have left. Wow. You know, look at what this cost me. Look, they're all doing okay, And I'm over here. Then lost everything. I will say this because maybe you're here and you suffer great loss. Maybe you even suffer great loss because of bad decisions. We'll see through Ruth's life. And that's one of the beautiful things in the story. We'll see that the opportunity for redemption is there's going to be a beautiful story of redemption that takes place here. So look at verse seven. Now, therefore, she went out from that place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her. And they went on their way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go return to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that you may find rest each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them and they lifted up their voices and they wept. So Naomi looks at her two daughters-in-law. She said, you guys going back home. I'm praying that God would go with you guys that you guys would find new husbands and that, you know, God would be kind to you like y'all were kind to me. And she kissed them and they lifted up their voice and they had a good old girl cry. They all just wept together. Three widows, Three women mourning the loss of loved ones. Naomi mourning the loss of a husband and two sons. Orpah and Ruth, the loss of their young husbands. And they probably had a good old girl cry together. Some of you girls know what it's like. Guys get together and have a good old cry. You know, I don't know if the fellas do that, but I know women can get together and and just let them rip. So they had a good cry. They wept out loud together. And it says in verse 10, and they said to her, surely we will return with you to your people. So initially, both the girls, Ruth and Orpah said, no, we're going to go back with you. And in verse 11, but Naomi said, turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Obviously, no. Turn back, my daughters, and go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and also bear sons, Would you wait for them until they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And then they lifted up their voices and they wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. 
There's an important turn in the story here. Naomi says to them, he says, look, girls, I'm old. I'm not going to have another husband. Even if I did, are you going to wait till I have a husband, have sons? They grow up old enough for you to remarry. She said, that's crazy. Y'all go find husbands. And she's just saying, y'all go back home. She's trying to send them off home. Initially, they both said, we're going to just go with you. But after her little speech here, Orpah said, peace out. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I'm going back home. See if I can get me somebody. And Orpah said, now that you asked me twice, I'm going to go ahead and go. But Ruth said Ruth clung to her. Everybody know that's like somebody offer you something. You said, no, no, it's OK. And they just said, OK, <laughs> they put it away. Uh, <laughs> or somebody you said, no, no, it's OK. And they just insist. No, you're going to have it. No, 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 no. Yes. OK, fine. Take it. So Naomi is the one that just one admonition. No, you go back home. I'm not going to have sons. You know what? <laughs> Good looking out. <laughs> it was nice knowing you. I'm going to go on back home, says Orpah. Ruth, though, is not going to be the same way. Ruth clings to her. And so it says in verse 15, and this is what Ruth says. This is awesome stuff. I'm going to go back and talk about it in a minute. She said, look, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. So she tells Ruth again. Naomi said, Ruth, look, your sister-in-law, she left. You going back too?" And I want to read verses 16 and 17 real quick. It says, but Ruth said, entreat me or beg me or ask me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried The Lord do so to me and more also of anything but death parts you and me. So with Ruth makes a declaration here that says, I'm getting ready to change my whole life. And I want you to pay attention to what she says, because the rest of this book, we're going to see Ruth walk into some amazing blessings. But I want you to see the attitude of heart, the kind of person that she was at this point in time. This is what Ruth says. Ruth tells Naomi, I'm not going to go back. She says, don't ask me to leave you again. And these are the four things. She said, wherever you go, I'm going to go. Location. I'm getting ready to change my location. I'm from Moab. I'm getting ready to go where you live. I'm going to Bethlehem, Judah. I'm going to be a foreigner. But wherever you go, I'm going to go. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. Then she says, wherever you go, I'll go. Wherever you lodge, I'll lodge. Same thing. I'm going to live with you wherever you go. Not just going back home to you. She says, no, no, no. Where you lodge, I'm going to be in the same room. Okay, we're going to live in the same dwelling. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be here for you. That's what she's saying. She's not saying I'm just going to go back home with you and find my own life. No, wherever you lodge, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be in your life. We're going to be close. The next thing she says, your people shall be my people. So she's saying, look, I'm a Moabitess, but I'm going back to Bethlehem, Judah, where you and your people are going to be my people. I'm going to have a cultural exchange. It'd be like going into a whole nother culture and saying, look, I'm going to adapt to your culture. I'm going to go ahead and be a foreigner over here. I'm going to go ahead and have to learn the language or learn the behavior, whatever, but your people are going to be my people. We're going to be connected in that way. Then she says, this is the most important one. Your God will be my God. So Naomi was a believer. You know, she had come from the same area, maybe even her son that married a non-believer. Maybe he had even shared a little bit, but she knew who the God of Israel was. She said, look, your God, It's going to be my God over here in Moab. We worship all kind of deities and gods that ain't God, but your God's going to be my God. 
That's the most important one. I'm getting ready to worship your God. I'm I'm changing teams. Spiritually speaking, your God's going to be my God. I'm going to submit to your God and worship your God and live after the rules of your God. Your God's going to be my God. Then she makes a vow that's even deeper than a marriage vow. For you guys that are here that are married, at the end of a marriage vow ceremony, what's the last thing you say? What's the last commitment you make? Till death do us part. That means once you die and I didn't kill you. This commitment is this commitment, this uh, this vow that we're taking, this this agreement that we're entering into. It ends at death. So if somebody's married for so long and then someone dies they're, you know, in a sense, they're released of whatever their obligation. They're no longer continue to be obligated after death. She tells her, look, where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. And she says, you know, wherever you die, I'm going to die. I'm going to be with you all the way till death. And then when you're buried, I'm going to be buried. Beyond that, I plan to be buried wherever you get laid up at. I plan to be there. I'm committed, Naomi, for the rest of life, then death. I'm going to be with you. And I'm looking and saying, what did Ruth see in Naomi that made her make this kind of commitment? What did she see? What had she heard? What did she know about that made her make a commitment like this? We don't know. But it's an amazing commitment that she made. It says a lot about her because in this commitment that she's made, there's not a whole lot for her to gain. I'm going back to the land that you left because you didn't have nothing there. I'm going back to a people I don't know. I'm going to make your God, my God, and all these different things. And I have to believe that this was her moving in faith. And so as I look at these three widows, again, Naomi, she's getting ready to, to go back home. Naomi to me represents the person that's repenting. You know, I went away from where I was supposed to be and now I'm turning back. And so maybe you're here and you need to be like a Naomi. Maybe it's time for you to go back to the Lord. Maybe it's time for you to go back to to the house of bread, the place of praise. There are people that need to go back and be in fellowship again. There are people that need to turn around for what they're doing and go back to the Lord. You've been doing something empty. You've been somewhere where you've been unnourished. You've been somewhere where God's not there. And God's saying, you need to go back. That's for some people what they need to do. Like Naomi, she was going to be going back. For Orpah, you know, she to me represents those. She chose the most convenient course. I'm going to just go back to what I had, which wasn't very much, but it doesn't cost me anything. And it's been said, you know, that if if you're going to have radical change in your life, you're going to probably have to make some radical changes. Orpah says, eh, I'm just going to go back home. And that was her prerogative. She wasn't claiming to be a believer. She's from Moab. She says, I'm going to stay where I'm at and keep what I got. But Ruth, who the book ends up going on to display all the blessings of Ruth. And I got to just point out a couple in advance, cheating ahead. Ruth will be one of only two women that are named in the genealogy of Christ in Matthew's gospel. Ruth is going to give birth to a son that ends up bringing her name up in the genealogy, the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And she was a Moabite, which biblically was a cursed people. But God had grace and mercy and extended grace to her. She was brought in. Her life is going to matter. She's going to become a believer. God is going to do great things with her. God is going to provide her with an awesome husband. God is going to do some amazing things in Ruth's life. But I just want to point out, Ruth made a huge commitment. Ruth said, I've hurt, I've grieved, I've been in pain, I've been in sorrow, and yeah, I'm going to make some changes. I'm going to change my location. I'm going back to Bethlehem, Judah. I'm going to give up my culture. I'm going to lay down my spiritual ties to Moab, and I'm going to let God be God in my life. And I'm going to be faithful to this woman who was my mother-in-law. And as I look at some of these things, some of these things would keep people today from really having a fruitful walk with the Lord. There are some people that 
they won't go be where they're supposed to be. I know God wants me to be here. I know God wants me to be doing this, but I won't do it for whatever reason. Maybe like Orpah, it's not convenient for me to do so. Too inconvenient for me to go be where I'm supposed to be. So I'm missing out on what God's doing there. There are other people that, for culture's sake, there are people that cling to their culture. Their culture becomes their God. They'll do for their culture what they would never do for their God. And so for some people, it's like, no, well, you know, I'm about this over here. That's you talk to some people and they could preach their culture. They could preach their beliefs about who they are as a people, so forth and so on. And they could not do and they would not do the same for Christ. I know people right now supposed to be Christians that because of all the stuff going on in the world right now, they did you see they know every scenario, everything. And they go bam, 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 bam. And they passionate about this. I never heard them share the gospel. Never. And I'm looking at that saying, man, your culture is a little lopsided. I'm not saying we're blind to the things that are going on in our culture, but is Jesus God in your life? What about that? So for some people, culture can keep them out. And then obviously some people just won't submit to God. Some, some people won't let Jesus be Lord. I know he's God. I've heard about what he's done. I've seen it in other people's lives, but I'm not willing to submit. Ruth makes all those commitments and she says, I'm just going to go. And then the last thing is there's fruit. She says, I'm, Naomi, I'm just going to come and be alongside you. I'm going to serve you until you die. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to lodge with you. I'm going to be with you all the way to the end of your life. And I even plan to die where you die. I'm going to be with you all the way. I'm just showing there's some selflessness there and a willingness to be of service and ministry to somebody else in a way that doesn't necessarily benefit her. What she's doing right now, she's not doing all these things so she can get what she's going to get. She's just doing all these things out of her heart. And God's going to bless her as she moves forward. Look at verse 18. And when she saw that she was determined to go with her, she stopped speaking to her. So Naomi really didn't want Ruth to go. So when she saw that she would not be turned around, when Ruth was not going to change her mind, then it said Naomi just quit talking to her. Naomi just ignore her. And some of y'all do that. You get mad at somebody, you just I'm not going to talk to you no more. It don't work. Ruth is committed. Ruth is going anyway. So but says she stopped speaking to her. Verse 19. Now the two of them went until they came to Bethlehem. And it happened when they came home to Bethlehem that all the city was excited because of them. And the women said, is that Naomi? So when they came home, everybody was excited that, you know, Naomi was coming back home, even though she was coming without her husband and without her kids. And I read that question. I just said, I wonder if she looked different. I wonder if all that grief had worn on her face, you know, but they came. They said, is that is that Naomi? I wonder how they said it. You know, you read the Bible sometimes you wonder, like, what was the tone? What was the intonation of the voice? Was it is that Naomi? Or did they look at her and say, is that Naomi? It's like, you know, like, I don't know. I was just, I read that and I wonder, you know, I'm just curious. I, I wonder how that went. But they said, is that Naomi? Verse 20. But she said to them, do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara, which means bitter. They, she said, don't call me pleasant. Call me bitter. She says, for the almighty has dealt very bitterly with me. So Naomi, I think very fair to say. A little bitter, a little bitter. She's blaming God. She's saying the almighty has dealt bitterly, very bitterly with me. Now, I find this interesting. I see it all the time where people will live in such a way that God said don't live and do things that God said don't do. And then the ramifications happen. And like, I don't know why God is doing this to me. And I'm like, well, God, you, why are you blaming God for that? You know, you, I don't know why God's allowing this to happen in my life. And it's like, no, no, 
you, you reap what you sow. Bible says, do not be deceived whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you will of the flesh reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit of the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. You reap what you sow. So interesting here that she's blaming God. She said, I don't God look at what God did to me. Lost everything, you know, and maybe that's you. Maybe you're here. Maybe you're bitter. Maybe you feel like God dealt you a bad. And I'm not saying there are scenarios in scripture where people no fault of their own endured hardship. Joseph, Job, Paul, there, you know, Jesus. So that's not just the fact that someone's going through hardship. It's not always a result of sin. Sometimes it's God saying, I'm doing something greater. Joseph went through years of unfair hardship, sold by his brothers, made a slave, lied on, said he got arrested for rape, but he didn't do all these different things happened. And at the end of the book of Genesis in chapter 50, verse 20, he said, I know y'all meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. To save many alive this day. He got to the point where he understood what God was doing through the difficulty. So not all difficulty is a result of sin, but sometimes it is. Sometimes we are reaping what we sow. I like the book of Job in chapter one of Job where Job lost everything. You guys, he lost his riches. He lost all 10 children died. He lost everything and he was losing his health. But before that, after he lost all his stuff and all his kids. It says he fell down, he tore his clothes and he worshiped. He worshiped. And he said, the Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And it says at the end of chapter one, and all this, Job did not sin or charge God wrongly. He didn't blame God wrongly. He didn't charge God. He just he just went through it. Worship God in the midst of difficulty. So this is what she said in verse 21. I went out full. And so she did. She left with a husband and two kids. And the Lord has brought me home again empty. Why do you call me Naomi since the Lord has testified against me? And the Almighty has afflicted me. So Naomi returned and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, who returned from the country of Moab. Now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. And as we get ready to wrap this up, you know, she recognizes, look, I left full, but I'm coming back empty. When she left, everything that she had, everything that she mattered, died in Moab. And she indeed came back empty. And she came back worse for the wear as she had left those things there. And she's bitter and maybe not fully understanding what God has done. And I don't even think she realizes what she's bringing back with her and Ruth, because she says, I'm coming back empty. But anybody that knows the story knows that because Ruth is coming back with her, she's not really coming back empty. She's coming back with a blessing that she doesn't see yet. She's coming back. There's something that God has sent her home with that she doesn't even see the blessing that is going to be yet. She doesn't know that it's going to be a blessing that Ruth is saying, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave your side. She doesn't know what God's going to do through Ruth in her life. So she thinks she's coming back empty, but she's not. But just it's perspective. She can't see what God's going to do yet. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a position where all you can see is what's happened, but you can't see what God's going to do. That's why the Bible tells us to walk by what? Faith and not by sight. Because if you walk by what you can see, you'll live by what you can see. You'll never walk by faith. You'll never believe by faith. You won't even have the peace and the joy that comes through faith. You'll be living a very natural life instead of a supernatural life. So she's coming back thinking she's coming back empty, but she's not really coming back empty. She's going to be coming back full. There's going to be a blessing in this relationship. She's going to be the one to, you know, some of y'all know they call me the black Cupid. 
You know, she's going to be the one to give Ruth the, she's like, that's what you do, girl. You know, as you get, as you go over and she's going to be giving her the hookup of how to, how to go and talk to the brother. And, you know, and she's going to be the one discerning where you get all that food from. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm, who, who is he? And she's going to be one doing the backward work and seeing who he is. And on, Ooh, that would, that would be nice, girl. He'd take good care of you. He's got a good reputation. She's going to be able to play this role in this girl's life. It's going to be a blessing to her, but she doesn't see it yet. And again, maybe you're in a situation where you just don't see what God's doing yet. And many times God has us there. Why? God, I don't see what you're going to do. And you haven't told me what you're going to do. And so I got to just trust you. And that's when you got to look to the word, you guys. If you're a believer, right? The Bible says that all things are working together for the good of those that love God and are called according to his purpose. So even when something bad happens to the believer, I got to look at it and say, God, you said all things. This falls under all are working together for the good of those that love you and are called according to your purpose. I love you. I'm called according to your purpose. So at some point in time, this is working out for the good. I'll wait on it. And the meanwhile, I'll trust you with what I can't see. And so that's what she's going to need to do here. The last thing I want to point out is she happens and nothing just so happens in God's economy, you guys. But it says that the last part of verse 22, now they came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. So the time when they chose to come back just so happened to be a time, a very celebratory time. The barley harvest was this time it's harvest time. Everybody is getting paid or harvesting the barley. Everybody's receiving that which they worked for throughout the year, throughout the prior months. And she just happens to be coming back at that time. When she left, it was an absolute famine. There was nothing. Now she's coming back and there's a harvest of barley. Everybody's going to be grabbing stuff. They're going to be gleaning as people are harvesting as they go through. And it just reminds me of this verse. It's in Acts chapter three, verse 19. It's the last verse I'm going to read and we're going to pray. And Acts three nineteen, speaking of those that are coming back to the Lord, those that are repenting and turning their hearts back to the Lord. It says this, it says, repent, therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. And they're just speaking there, Peter speaking, saying, look, there are going to be those that repent, those that turn away from their sin and turn back to God. Their sins are going to be blotted out and they're going to enjoy times of refreshing that come from being back in God's presence once again. And so as she heads home, she heads home at the time of blessing. There's an abundance of what there was none of. She left at a time when everything had been depleted. There was famine. Now she's returning at a harvest time. When she left, there was nothing there as she goes back. It's full. And so I want to wrap this up. We're going to get ready to close in prayer. And I would just challenge everybody to consider where you might fall in the list of things that we've looked at. We've looked at the men here. We looked at Elimelech. And though his name means God is my king, we recognize that he he didn't really live that out. He wasn't really a, a leader. He wasn't really leading in a biblical way in his family. And it hurt his family. We looked at these two sons, Malon and Chilion, married non-believers. So for you single people, that's not the way to go. Didn't work out too good for them brothers. Didn't serve them well. We looked at the three widows and just how they handled it. Naomi handled her grief. Finally, she decides to go back home. That's the best thing she ever did. She's going to see that. We looked at Orpah, decided I'm going to just stay where I'm at. Nothing else comes of it. Not really what you want to do. If you do nothing, nothing will happen. We see Ruth, who makes a radical turnaround, almost like a, someone turning turn her whole life around. I'm leaving my people. I'm leaving my location. I'm leaving my family. I'm joining up with you. Your God's going to be my God. I'm staying here till I die. And her life's going to be tremendously blessed as she made a huge turnaround. 
And lastly, as we looked at just those three responses, just would point out they happen to go back at a time when that which was depleted when they left has now been replenished. They go back at the time of harvest. And just like we read in Acts 319, that there will be times of refreshing that come from being in God's presence once again for those that come back to him. And so maybe you need to come to him or come back to him today. We would love to pray for you that God would strengthen you to do that. We can know in our heart, I need to come back to the Lord, but be weak in our ability. Just need God's strength. We need God's help. He's available to help us to do that. We all know the story of Ruth. She and Orpah were daughters-in-law of Naomi. When all three of their husbands died, the grief-stricken Naomi decides to return to her homeland of Israel, and her daughters-in-law were set to go with her. When she told them to stay, Orpah did. But Ruth refused, faithfully following her mother-in-law to a new land. Each woman made their choice, but one choice led to obscurity, and the other to honor and a place in the genealogy of the king. But the thing is, no one would have blamed Orpah for remaining in her homeland. She was a young woman who had recently been widowed, and to go with Naomi would mean giving up her culture and her home, a move that would have added immense stress and strain to her grief. Take a look at your life. You might be struggling with grief yourself right now. No one will blame you for taking all the time you need. But is there an opportunity in front of you to say yes? Is there an opportunity to be faithful to someone or something outside yourself? You can hold back and play it safe, or you could reach for something greater. We love going through the book of Ruth with you here on A Transforming Word. Join us in person at 9 or 11 every Sunday at Calvary Chapel Inglewood, or online on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook Live. Head over to our website at calvaryinglewood.org for more messages, information on how to support this ministry, or to join our daily Bible reading plan. We're out of time for today, but be sure to join us again next time for another Transforming Word.